Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, the club with the number one restaurant in Edinburgh. Get in. Got relegated, but we have the number one place to eat on TripAdvisor in the capital. I am Laurie Dunsire, and this week on Scarves Around the Funnel, uh, myself and Mark Donaldson will be talking food reviews, won't we? <laughs> Is that true? The number one rated restaurant in Edinburgh. Indeed, the Skyline, the Skyline Restaurant. At Tynecastle is currently Good. rated number one, and you know um, I, I jest, uh, and obviously it's not the main focus of Heart and Midlothian Football Club, but yeah, it's you know it it, it does have its its positives, but things like that will always bring out the reactions like, oh well, great, at least we're number one in eating out, but we're bottom of the table when it comes to <laughs> performances on the park. So does that mean if Hearts plan for the first? home league game of the season or the first home cup game of the season I assume that attendance will either be limited or, or at zero if we do have a, an online program if attendance is zero under where it says honours there was a spell where Hearts actually listed the tenant sixes as an honour which I totally, <laughs> I totally agree with if Aberdeen can list a, a, a defunct tournament like the cup winners cup then Hearts can list a defunct tournament like the Tenant Sixes. There is no difference between the two. The only difference is they shamelessly put... put No, there's not. Neither exist anymore. The only difference is they put a star (laughs) above their jersey. So if we're going to do that, why don't we not only have the Tenant Sixes as an honour, but also number one restaurant in Edinburgh as an honour, and maybe stick some, instead of stars above our badge, like a knife and fork above our badge going forward as well. Why, why not celebrate this? We've got no, You can tell we've got nothing else to talk about. We're desperate for football to come back. Hence, the achievements should be recognised. So, so there you go. We should have a little culinary knife and fork above the hearts badge to indicate being number one. Yes. Well, why not, eh? Why not? Um, anyway, we're not actually going to talk about... Um, about food and restaurants in Edinburgh, we will talk about football because uh, that's what the podcast is all about, of course. So we're going to go through some of the latest headlines, the latest news around Tynecastle, and we are also going to talk about the players who didn't play that much for Hearts, but you still were very fond of. Okay, first up, let's have a a little run through some of uh, the headlines. Mark is still uh, stuck in a hotel in (laughs) NYC, so um, you maybe aren't able to to keep abreast of everything that's going on. So um, maybe this will be an update for you as well on some things. Yes. Um, I guess the main one is something you are aware of, and it's something we did speak about last week um, in a little bit of detail, so we're not going to go into too much depth, but... Aaron Hickey's deal to uh, Bologna was confirmed, um, so the deal that we spoke about likely to happen. It's been reported as a 1.78 million deal, although the structure of that I don't think has been uh, revealed. And we, we probably never know the exact details with um, 30% of the fee, though, going to Celtic. Uh, if it is the case, even if you took it in the simplistic 
um, off that total, then you're, you're, you're at least still talking one and a quarter million for Hearts, which I think for an 18-year-old with less than a year left on his contract who, um, you know, not <clears throat> wasn't much more than a year ago he broke into the first team, I, I don't think we can really argue with that. No, good deal. Two million euros. Um, looks like, a, as they do in Italy, a loan first, then a permanent deal. It's like a, a loan with an obligation yeah. as opposed to an option. Uh, looking forward to hopefully Ogiri's chance. Um, I don't think it'll be short term. I think it'll be um, kind of mid to long term that you'll get his chance. He may play this season. Um, they've got Mitchell Dykes at left back. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago they, be, they were playing um, Stefano Densville, a centre back out there when Dykes got hurt. It'll be interesting to see if Aaron is a backup directly to, to Dykes or, or what they do. But with the Italians having um, 12 subs, for every game, yeah. um, of which you can make five. Yeah. Hopefully there's a good chance he'll be involved in, in match day squads. It's just a great move for the kid, and, and I'm delighted. Um, he's chosen them over Bayern because he feels there's maybe a quicker route to, to the, the first team. Um, yeah, and, and obviously Hearts played Bologna, so those there are some people that, that remember those games in 1990. Um when we when we played them in the UEFA Cup, so there is a kind of a, a tenuous link already between the two clubs, and it just it, I don't know over there. I mean, obviously I commentate on Serie A over here; it's for ESPN. I don't know in the UK who your rights holders are, but hopefully um, people can can watch it. It was easily. Premier Sports okay. last campaign, um, so whether I actually haven't even checked if that's still the case going into the new season. I, I would, imagine it probably is um they're okay um they're i always find their app facilities a bit um hit or miss uh are they not a reincarnation of satanta uh yes and they still look oh, okay. they still have the same yellow and oh. black kind of branding um uh, i'm just gonna look on their website yeah it does suggest that they still have syria so yep um they will they will be showing Serie A in the new season. It, it's a I guess the good thing with Premier Sports is um, you can give it a try and you pay month to month. So if you give it a try and you're not impressed, then um, you're not on like a long term commitment. I don't think anyway. They didn't used to be. Um, I'm saying that now. Just they've possibly changed their contracts completely, but they didn't used to be anyway. So, yeah, this you never has been know. a wonderful five-minute ramble of of interest to absolutely nobody that I brought up. So, indeed, hopefully yes. this can be cut out and we can never hear of this again. <laughs> uh, moving on from from Aaron Hickey, uh, Hearts decided against offering Jan Songo a contract, the former Ross County player oh, okay. who was on trial. Uh, interestingly, Barry Anderson had also mentioned that. Um, uh, Angel Garcia of uh, Vizla Plock. I'm pretty sure you don't say it's Plock, <laughs> but um, I, I, I won't even take a guess. Uh, was on trial earlier um, a few weeks ago, and he's a left back, 27 year old Spaniard. So uh, possibly Robbie's in the market for that. I know we've got Garucho and Eddie White. I don't know if he's not sure on the fitness or if he's going to try and offload one of them, but. He looked at a left back. I'm, I'm really going to guess that centre back is going to be his big priority because obviously we've lost lost John Souter to injury, and there was the news um, that Christoph Berra struggling with a, a a fresh injury as well. I think it's a 
a tendon injury, which is due to keep him out for two to three weeks from now. So um, it's kind of touch and go whether he'll be available for the start of the Betfred Cup campaign. So we're really extremely light when it comes to central defence. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, we see at least kind of one or two players coming in very quickly. Um, Vizwa Pork. Is that how you say it? Yeah, because the L's got the little thing across it. So the L becomes a a W and the W becomes a V. Not that I've worked with a Polish guy for 10 years. It's it's how you get P-I-A-T-E-K, which you think is Piatek, and it's Piontek. Yeah, some of them are. Honestly, that language is is a tough one. As far as the defence is concerned, I've been noticing that Eddie White's played left back. Um, I mean, obviously with Aaron Hickey gone. What's the what's the situation with Ben Garuccio? He, I I think he is fit again. Um, I, I mean, well, I guess free from injury as far as my how match fit he would be is is another matter. We played him towards the end of last season, um, didn't we? <laughs> You're he's, asking me. He said with well, come on, end of last season you were watching as well. So end of last season. Ben Garuccio. March. Um, this is September. We've not played since March. That's nuts. He played in We're February. All withdrawal systems. He played in. Um, he played in February. Uh, in the two-two draw with Hamilton, was his last appearance. He came off the bench. So did I just say withdrawal systems? I mean, I, honestly, I mean this, this bubble's made my head go absolute mush. Withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> Even if I said symptoms the first time, my head thinks I said systems, but it's symptoms. Okay. Um, So I think he's available. So uh, I guess if they've got two left backs and they can both play, unless you can offload one, you think it would be silly to start investing too much in a position. Or play one at left centre back in a three, or (laughs) like if you're Scotland, or. I mean, come on. And, well, I I mean, Hearts fans would have been delighted with uh, normal service being resumed um, at the weekend as Hearts got pumped 4 1 by Burnley on Saturday and I mentioned this last week I, I hate Fred I know they, they serve a purpose obviously but they don't matter at all I hate when people get excited by friendly results I hate when people get angry by friendly friendly results they don't matter um, Hearts are playing Burnley as well if you take that into account a top half English Premier League team last season and uh, 7 of the 11 that started were um, regulars in that team that finished, I think, 10th in the English Premier League. You English, Irish, Dutch internationals and Icelandic internationals. No mugs. And Hart still uh, the few players out in tinkering. And it's a friendly. No one cares. Um, so we'll move on from that. I'll be concerned when the season starts if we, if we have some poor results. But I'm not going to get too worried about friendlies just now when we're still trying to, I guess... Uh, pick up match fitness and the thing is with with the likes of these English clubs as well um, they obviously finished their season so they've played not too um, not too long ago um, and whereas, they play this weekend they start this weekend and yeah. it's not like we're getting teams of the quality of Burnley in the, in the Scottish Championship this year and I mean we've we didn't play for what half a year so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest I've not even watched the highlights from the friendlies. Um, Likewise. I, 
I, I find them fairly meaningless. So we haven't bothered with that. Um, what else happened in the week? I don't know if you. This is one. I'm just going to throw this out there off the cuff because I, I was interested in the reaction on on Twitter when I put it out there. I don't really care about Scotland these days. Um, I'll be honest. I don't really care about international football much at all anymore. But Scotland are one of these where I've grown, I've grown so apathetic that I don't watch them or have any feeling about seeing what the result is. And interestingly, I kind of put the question out there to Twitter, and obviously my my Twitter tends to be a lot of Hearts fans, um, and only I think it was it was less than a quarter said they're into Scotland. There was like sixty two percent said they're not bothered by it, and there was almost 20% said they actively want Scotland to lose. Well, that's harsh. Uh, which is harsh. I couldn't really get to that point, but i just completely apathetic to it. What, how do you feel about that? I don't, know if it, I don't know if it could go one extreme or the other with you, because you're not here, and I guess you're further away. Maybe the absence makes the yep. heart grow stronger, or it goes the completely other way, and you just, because you're so distanced from it, it's even harder to get um, excited Maybe it's because of uh, I'm of an age whereby we grew up. Um, those of us in our kind of early to mid forties and older, we we grew up with Scotland qualifying for pretty much every major tournament um, from seventy four. Obviously, I was born seventy seven. Um, first one we, I mean, the Euros wasn't so much, but the first World Cup we missed was ninety four. So I vaguely, vaguely remember eighty two. Um, 86 I remember in, in Mexico 90 I remember in Italy and then 94 I was like whoa because we qualified for Euro 92 um, and that was the first uh, major tournament we hadn't qualified for since Euro 88 when we didn't qualify for the World Cup so I, I always grew up with a kind of um, a passion for, for, my na- for my nation but never as much as, as I had for my, my club I was, I was always club first but I still liked yeah. my country I can understand the apathy of, of those younger than me in that they've never seen Scotland at a major tournament uh, or can't really remember it. And they're just like, well, this is shit. Um, and it's 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 frustrating. I, I get that. So I still have the... I, look, I'm at the tennis. I found a way to watch Israel. I wish I hadn't because it was two hours of my life. I'll never get back. Um, but it was it was horrible. And then the Czech Republic game, I, I did likewise. I caught, I caught most of that. And I just... I'm desperate for them to get back to a major tournament um, because... I remember, especially with like Italy 1990 um, and France 98. I mean, the whole country. I mean, Scotland, Brazil in the opening game. The whole country was was so eagerly awaiting that match, and just for the feel good factor for for a nation. Um, it would be interesting if if Scotland got back, or hopefully when Scotland get back to a major tournament. Um, how many people jump back on the bandwagon, which would be totally fine, and how many are still kind of. Yeah, whatever, because they've put us through so many years of, of misery. So, yeah, there, there, there's, a, there's a decent interest, um, but there's also a frustration knowing that there's no, no danger, even if we beat Israel, that we're getting the better of Norway after watching them against Northern Ireland. Oh, jeez. He could beat us by himself, and that would be after getting sent off Probably. after half an hour. Yeah, it, it's, I don't want to get into it too much. You know, it's not... A... <clears throat> We're not a Scottish international team podcast, but um, no, just interesting. And you're right in some ways. For me personally, it goes more. 
it goes deeper than success. As I, I do remember being very passionate about Scotland in the 90s and watching Euro 96 and France 98. Um, I think the apathy has grown more. It's more than just results. Um, I don't know if it's an age thing as well with, with some people. And I think a lot of people, especially Hearts fans, do feel aggrieved at the governing bodies which they also see as being understandable. represented by, um, albeit the players don't represent them, but the SFA, the Scottish national side, is um, representative for some of them of, of those bodies that have um, not been performing or, or carrying out their duties as Hearts fans would have liked them, and as they should have really, but just an interesting one. Um, I know a lot I'm of proud, I have to say, Laurie, I'm, I'm proud when Hearts players represent the country. I love it when, yeah. when Stephen Naismith or Craig Gordon or, or whatever. That, that I'm kind of proud. It, it's like it's like being an extended part of the family. Yeah, and someone said that, but then I'm like, but I'm also like, I also like to see them play for other nations. So if, if Scotland oh, were playing Northern Ireland, I'd equally like it. Michael Smith. It's, yep. Yeah, Michael Smith, Liam Boyce. Um, so, yeah, there's that to an extent, and it's always good to see. And I can understand from a player's perspective, you know, when Craig... Gordon was on with us, you know, so he spoke very passionately about uh, what it felt like to be standing up there singing the national anthem. But um, as a supporter, yeah, just grown, grown, uh, grown weary and, and, and yeah, apathetic is just the best word for it. But anyway, um, we'll move on because I don't want to. Let's, let's boost, yeah, let's boost the, uh, the enthusiasm level. We've, we've, sp- we've spoken about hearts not playing and then getting pumped in preseason friendlies in Scotland. Let's have a bit more effervescence from now on. Yes, let's go with something to to get the blood pumping a little bit. Um, and it's a question that every time I say it, Pants Shaton uh, had Oi. had tweeted um, and tagged us in uh, after putting the question out there. He'd said players who barely played for Hearts, but you um, but you loved. Uh, we, we we changed a little bit just to say you know players who you were maybe fond of or you, or you had a particular liking for. And um, we got some good responses to this, so I was going to go through some of these. So Mark decided we didn't want to set parameters to this in terms of maximum appearances or time at the club or anything. So it was fairly open to interpretation, and uh, it's, it's it, we've had a, a, a nice mix of responses. So um, we'll start with Amaruso Let's It Run, who sent us a message uh, and said, Players who had a brief stint at the club, but I remember fondly, Jim Bett, and Vincent Geran. At the club less than 12 months and both in the twilight of their respective careers, but still looked a cut above their teammates. Bet especially was a consistent performer under Tommy McLean, with Geran having less of an impact during his stay due to niggling injuries. So we'll start with Jim Bet because I'll have to go to you on this one, but just quickly, uh, he was at Hearts for less than a year, as Amoruso lets it run, it says. Uh, between September 94 and August 95, signed by Tommy McLean at the age of 34, 30 appearances and two goals. And I think he was one that you actually mentioned as well, wasn't he? I really liked Jim Bett. And there were some games he played where he was excellent. You thought, my God, this is him at that age. What would he have been like? And Hearts fans saw what he was like when we played Aberdeen. He's just a really, really good player. And I didn't mind players coming to Hearts towards the end of their career, as long as they wanted to be at the football club. Mm. And I'm sure we'll mention over the next 10, 20 minutes or so when we get to some of these players, Jim Bett was definitely one of them, and he he was an excellent player. That Asics jersey 
or Asics, however you pronounce it. Loved Jim Bet in there. Good, good pull. What a passer of the ball. My goodness. Um, and Vincent Gerang is one who I mm-hmm. do remember. Um, he was signed in October 98 by Jim Jeffries. Uh, only 32 when he signed. And that, yes. that surprises me when I look back. In my head, I'm always thinking he's like 36 or 37. You know, he wasn't a young-looking 32, I'll put it that way. Uh, he spent the previous six years with PSG, um, although there was a bit of a, a doping scandal the year prior, which I think he was... A bit. A bit. <laughs> a bit. A bit, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. It, it, yeah, it was, it was a it, big it, controversy. But anyway, it's a player with 19 caps for France. He got five mm-hmm. trophies with PSG, including the Cup Winners' Cup in 96. Um over an eight-month spell with Hearts, 22 appearances and two goals. And I really liked him, and he's, I guess it's similar to what you're saying with Jim Bett. You could just see the quality of him. He didn't quite have the legs, and you could you could see he'd been um, out of the game for a, a little while in terms of match fitness and sharpness, but just the um, range of passing, the ball control, uh, he, he was just that step above, and I guess <clears throat> he was one that... I actually remember wanting us to keep a hold of for a bit longer because I thought he, in a team that was playing well, I thought he could have really flourished because he was around that time where we really struggled the season after the cup win. Um, I thought if he was around when we actually started kicking on, like we did the season after, he could have really looked, um, you know, every bit of the player who had earned all those caps for a very good international country. I actually found an article in the Independent. It's amazing what you can find online. I didn't think um, stuff like this was even uploaded, but Wednesday, 30th of September, 1998. Stefan Adam believes Hearts will give her a strong signal about their ambition if they can secure the services of midfielder Vincent Guerin. Now, obviously, with Stefan being there and with Gilles being there at the club at the time, it was. I think it, it probably made the decision for Vincent to, to come to, to Edinburgh a little bit easier. Um, knowing that there were already French players at the football club, um, but it also goes on to say that he's been training with the uh, with with Hearts, um, who left yesterday for the Cup Winners' Cup game against Real Mallorca. So that was the kind of time frame of that. And then he put pen to paper um, once we got back from that. Really good player, and he's another one who you kind of thought, my God, if this is him at 32, what was he like when he was at Paris Saint Germain? Mm-hmm. And we saw, we saw the Cup Winners' Cup final. That I think that was broadcast somehow live on TV. in uh, Maybe BBC or ITV had it in 96. But it wasn't as easy to get the French League and other leagues as it is right now. So people hadn't really seen him week in, week out. But they had seen him play in a big stage. And, and he, was a, he was a top player. Graham Taylor highlighted um, a player a little bit more recent. Uh, he said, Would have loved to have kept Gennaro Zefauk around for longer. I know he mostly bodied part-timers into the front row of the stands, but 12 goals, including three versus Rangers in his short stay, is not too shabby, and he was fun to watch. Uh, Zafouk signed in January 2015 to bolster Hearts squad in that championship season last time around, was 24 at the time, on loan from Dutch Eredivisie side FC Groningen, and made 15 appearances and scored 12 goals. Uh, two on his debut away to Dumbarton. He scored a hat-trick against Cowdenbeath in a 10-0 win. And uh, a few goals against Rangers, as Graham highlights. Uh, a double against them in his final match. Interestingly, though, Mark, uh, there don't seem to be any record of him playing for a club after 2017. 
mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't dig much further than Wikipedia, transfer market, soccer base, the usual places. But um, the last record of him playing was three years ago now. Which is, yeah, and he's still only thirty, I, yeah. I believe. Uh, again, according to to um, Wikipedia, the Hearts thing was interesting. I, I was back from the states for a couple of weeks, and I was at Dumbarton with mum and dad, so I saw him score twice. He missed a penalty there as well, so that would have been a hat trick on his debut. Not knowing off the top of my head if any Hearts players ever scored a hat trick on his debut, because Mark De Vries got four, but that was his Derby first, debut. And that was yeah, the first start, the but he came on the week before. Yeah, yeah so I don't, I don't know um, off the top of my head if any any player has scored a hat trick on a on a kind of competitive debut. Um, in his first interview after joining the club, he spoke of De Vries and El Elhas. Now you remember him, how they were influential. And this this is the interesting thing at the end because he went back to Groningen, and I remember at the time that the, as Wikipedia says there was a transfer fee which was over Hart's transfer budget. Was that right? Three hundred to four hundred grand we would have had to spend to keep him because he would have been still under contract at um, at Groningen. So, uh, yes, vaguely remember that, but um, and we signed Juanma when it became. Oh, there you go. I didn't realize that. Who was who was actually when you when you think back now compared to I guess maybe effectiveness of strikers we've had since maybe apart from Kyle Lafferty actually did pretty well. Did um, the bearded Spaniard? I didn't even know. I mean, I'm looking at his goals record. He he was like better than one in three for Hearts. Juanma. Which isn't bad. Which is not yeah. bad because he was top yeah. flight as well. Um, so Zayfout, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't... He, he, You know, when we talk about him being um, a bit different, it's because, you know, he, he was massive. You know, he had a giant backside. Um, it was the shorts. It was it was the shorts at Dumbarton when we signed them. Um, I made me feel good because that was a, it was a <laughs> full day. We were all wrapped up and I said, what? Hey, there's still hope for any of us if... If that size of an up, but do you know what? I mean, it worked. Not... I mean, yeah, whether it would have worked in a top flight is, I guess, that was that's my different. question mark that, at the that's time. That's like I could Fenwa down at Wickham. Is that going to work in the Championship? Don't know, but it worked in League One. You know what? If it works, you're in the Championship. You're playing against Cowdenbeath. You're right. You can bully them. If you've got an arsehole, uh, an arse. <laughs> Oof, I'm glad I didn't finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say arsehole, but that's no, that no, no. Let's not go there. Um, <laughs> If you've got an arse that size, you've got to have something, um, some attributes that's going to that's going to um, help you. And it's a powerful, strong eye for goal. Goal scorer knew where the back of the net was. Get me out of this quick. <laughs> help, Just help, giant help. arseholes. That's the way this is going. Um, would be the first Please time. Don't use, don't use that as the as the name. <laughs> Just episode ninety eight. Giant arseholes. No. Um, right. Uh, here's what I didn't expect to see. Uh, Jam Jam Tarshan or Jam Tartian mm-hmm. still no, still never decided how I'm going to pronounce that one. Um, says Perry. Why not Jam Tar Ian? Oh yeah, that would be oh, easier. Jesus. Oh. Jesus. Oh my goodness. Oh. Oh no, you didn't, did you? Oh dear. Oh, no. I usually leave these moments for you. Oh, no, uh, Jam Tartian. Is it Jam Tartian or Jam um, Oh, Dunsa, you've had a shocker. <laughs> I know what sound effect I'm going to play now. Right, um, <laughs> Jam Tartian. Christ. You know, see, 
I'm going to blame Ian for this because it's all lowercase. I just look at and I see one word, you know, no, no underscores, no, no, no dash, no capitalization, just one word, just one word. How am I supposed to work with that? Jesus, you know, just can't. Anyway, he says, Perry Kitchen, I'm limited ability, but if some Hearts players showed half the resolve and fight he did um, uh, last season, we would never have been bottom. Um, which is an interesting one. So Perry Kitchen, the midfielder from Indianapolis, arrived in 2016 on a free. That was after he'd left DC United in the States. Had already been capped by his country at that point. Reasonable pedigree. And he would be made captain of the Hearts side in uh, September that year, 2016, taking over from Alim Uzturk. And went on to play 45 times for Hearts over a period of 16 months, moved to Denmark and then to LA Galaxy, where he currently plays. Um, I have to say, I mean, when I think back, I mean, Perry Kitchen to me wasn't one that I thought was bad. Uh, I didn't think he jumped out at me. He was... He felt sort of ordinary, but he was in that holding midfield position, the water carrier type of role. Um, and I guess it's maybe one where in hindsight, you know, the way things went under Cathro, it, there was a lot of players that it didn't work. It didn't work for under him. So maybe he had more to offer. He was always one that I just was a bit ordinary for me. Didn't stand out, didn't look terrible, um, didn't think... The captaincy maybe did him any good. Um, don't know. What do you remember of Perry Kitchen, your fellow countryman? <laughs> what laugh was that? It was a, it was a cackle. A cackle. Um, I actually remember him more for having a conversation. I think it was about fantasy football or something at an airport than I do about his performances on the pitch. Um, that <laughs> must have been. Was that the Estonia game that you couldn't do, uh, or the Malta game? Possibly one of these. You weren't there. You, you get the exciting trips, yeah. Hi, very exciting, yeah. Birker Kara, we couldn't even score. Um, I think that was that year, 16-17. It was only his his only season at the club. Um, just fine, yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he plays for Galaxy now. He's fine. He's, he's, he's no frills. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that was a very that was. A, I, can't, I can't give you much more. Nice guy. Really nice kid. Nice guy. Just you know, underwhelmed. Um, yeah, but he, but he, he got it. He got the he got the club, as opposed to. I, I don't want to appear like xenophobic or anything. Like that. There are there are some I'm not even calling them foreigners. There are some players that are including <laughs> Scottish players that don't that don't get coming over clubs. here taking our jobs, at football clubs, sure, right. working harder than we're prepared to work. How dare they? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good. All these polls from Wizla Plock. <laughs> Wizla, wow. Um, just gave everything. That's all you can ask for. It doesn't well, matter ability. Yeah, well, well, it's, it's, yeah. it's all you can ask for. If you've got should, ability, hopefully... We should probably ask for a little bit more. But, um... but, no, but if, you shouldn't be at the club if you don't have ability. So if you're at the football club, the least you can do is, is try. And he gave 100% every game. And anyone that says, I gave 110%, no, that's a straight red card. You oh, cannot give God. more than 100% in a no, match. No, it's what I pet hate. Shabba Lazlo well, was the worst for... Do you not remember Shabalazo used to just do it, but he wouldn't just say 110, he'd say 200, and then 400, and then 1,000%, and then 800%. He was just it was like, <sighs> what's the scale here, Shabba? <laughs> oh, anyway. Infinite scale. 
Yeah. Right, Perry Kitchen, who's next? Uh, Matthew Harold. This, well, this one came up a few times. So Matthew Harold says, mm-hmm. the one and only, the legend, the icon, the shagger. And well, there's, a photo, there's a photo of a certain player. Can you guess? The shagger? Yes. Not so. attacking. Are our lawyers um, it's a recent, working this week? It's a fairly recent player. It's uh... I well, been here for a decade. I don't know about any nocturnal activities of any Hearts players. Well, no, it's before it's in. before you moved away. So it's 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 oh. it's Vlad era. Bednar? No. Sexier. Uh, <laughs> Julian Bellier? No. Who? Mauricio Pena. Indeed. Um, arrived in 2006, originally on loan from Sporting, uh, would end up with two goals in just eight competitive appearances. Uh, one of the goals, it was Aberdeen. glorious, to be fair, yeah, away to Aberdeen. Lovely flowing move. We always see that one at Pataudry getting replayed. Um, probably, probably scored far more in the bedroom than he did on the field in his time in Scotland, I'm sure. Uh, went on to do very well in Italy, though, with the likes of Cagliari, Genoa, and Atalanta. And he's 36 now, and he's still playing back in his native Italy. So, um, uh, native Italy? His native, his home? His native Chile? I was say, he's from Santiago. Um, so maybe maybe the whoever the Chilean captain was, and I can't remember who it was at the time, has forgiven him, because he, did he not um, have his way with his international captain's wife at one point, or where that was the rumour? I'm thinking like Zamorano or, or Zambrano or someone like that. Yeah, um, I can't remember who it was, but I'm sure I'll find it. Panita Chili Scandal. Scandal? You'll probably get a lot, will you not? Oh, Santiago Sex Scandal. Sex. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it seems to be, seems to be a lot of um, scandals. Where Celta Vigo Scandal. Chili Scandal. He, he liked Mauricio the ladies, Pena. okay? I mean, you know. Oh, Jimenez. The captain was Jimenez. Um, Hearts, <laughs> what's this? This is uh, exclusive. Jambo striker sparks storm over fling with skipper's model wife. Yeah. Hearts star Maurizio Pena has sparked a storm, of course he has, in his Chilean homeland after being caught in a hotel with the model wife of his international skipper. Maria Jose Lopez confessed on TV that she had been with Pena, but her heart was still with husband Luis Jimenez. The affair <laughs> has rocked Chile, where fans regard 22-year-old Lopez and Jimenez as their posh and becks. It's also ripped apart Chile's preparations for the forthcoming Copa America, with the warring players both regulars in the side. <laughs> Tune in next week for part two of our storm in Chile that's ripped apart the preparations for the Copa America. Oh, you 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 went all newscaster Ooh, there. Oh, I enjoyed that. Um, I'm was... Kent Brock. <laughs> Don't shag the, the skipper's wife unless you're the skipper, I think is the mantra. I... I... I don't know if Pania had um, much thought of though. I think he just oh. went wherever his, um, his you yeah, know what, decided. And yeah. um, he, he's good one of those. Kid. Sorry, go on. He was a good-looking kid. He was, and, he, he um, was a good-looking was. sports star with plenty of money and since he was always injured, had very little to do other than um, do. So... <laughs> <laughs> He's one of those, he's actually, he's thought of very fondly, but 
I, I know a lot not of people. By the skipper. Not by his international um, teammate who was oh. the captain at that time. But but sometimes people also get a bit annoyed by the, the fact that he's held in high regard because he obviously took a lot of money out of the club, um, given he was a very well-paid player, and only showed two goals and eight appearances for it. So it's one of those, it's kind of what could have been, given how well he played in, in Serie A, and he's still playing now over in uh, in South America. Um what a, what a talented boy he was, though. I, I mean, that just stroking that goal home at Pataudry just was easy for him. He could have he could have torn up the Scottish top flight if he was um, if his maybe not just his um, his body and his fitness were were in it, but you kind of got the impression his head wasn't really in it at that point either. I'd forgotten about his scaphoid injury. His what? Sorry. His scaphoid, I think that's how you pronounce it, your scaphoid, the wrist bone, like where the, the carpal area. Um, his return to playing football with Hearts had a major setback when it was revealed the player had a fractured scaphoid wrist bone, a hidden injury sustained while still in Chile. That put him out for a further six weeks. He, he could never get fit. That was the problem. And there were glimpses. There were, there were glimpses and you thought, by God, if, if we had him fit for a prolonged period... What a player this this boy would be. But on the other hand, if he was fit and available and scoring goals every week, well, he wouldn't move to Vasco da Gama, which is where he ended up going to after uh, after Hearts. Um, anyway, uh, a character and a what could have been um, certainly mm. for for the shagger as Matthew Harold calls him. <laughs> goodness, um, goodness. Well, this one, do we? St- are you still going to go with a allegedly? It seems like it was a lot more than allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know. I mean, look, there are various um, well, look, things you, that can be attributed to people. Unless we've got like, how do, you, how do we know video a in a, the hotel room, then I mean... Well then, it's a scurrilous accusation. Got, got I, think he might have been in, I think he might have been in bed by 10 o'clock every day. The only just, problem, just, that 10 just o'clock some is different AM, women, not AM. Well, I, but no one knows. I mean, that's that, just... Leave the boy alone. If it was a young, free and single, then... Look, I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm not against it. I mean, you know, yeah, fair enough. I w- look, if if you told me... He I suppose when you, when you shag the skipper's wife, you deserve the name Shagger. Yeah, I mean, I all I'm saying is, look, my problem was the fact that he never played and didn't do much on the pitch. in the wrong places. Yeah, I couldn't... If Look, if, if you told me if, if he played every week for Hearts and was scoring a goal every week, he'd say, shag who he wants. Shag everyone. <laughs> as long as he's... My problem was he couldn't he couldn't score he couldn't score in the bedroom and on the pitch when he was with us just just in one and he chose chose the the wrong one from a Hearts yeah, fan perspective. Well, anyway, let's move, let's move let, on. Let's move on. Um, so Kyle eighteen seventy four, Kyle eighteen seventy four, and Rosie both highlighted uh, another recent one, and that's Jimmy Dunn, um, which was obviously just seems crazy now just. The season before last, actually. Uh, 14 appearances, two goals while on loan from Burnley. Uh, solid, endeared himself very quickly to the fans um, since his short spell, because it was just the six months, just the first half of the season. He's been loaned to Sunderland and Fleetwood, and he is still on Burnley's books, which is why a lot of Hearts fans were getting excited with Hearts being down there, wondering if they could <laughs> get some business done after the game or before the game. Um Pure speculation. I thought about that. I yeah, thought. and you never know. Maybe, maybe Hearts are interested. We just don't know. We've not seen it confirmed anywhere. But 
They, they could do a lot worse than the man who played 14 times, and Hearts only lost five of those 14. Um, which <laughs> only, <laughs> which no, and, and you know when I, when I typed it, I was like, oh, that's not that impressive. And then I'm like, oh Christ, these days that's very impressive. <laughs> if a goal scorer scores five in fourteen, that's a great ratio. So how can it be only lost five in fourteen games? A lot. Well, consider it's more we, than a third. Consider where we went after that. I know. Okay. Everything right. kind of everything everything kind of seems to just over the last few years of of mediocrity um, with with one or two kind of peaks, but predominantly troughs. Just it's, when when you've not played for for so long, you hark back to the good times. We haven't had that many good times. Been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Yes. This will be a good season, though. We'll be fine. Buddy, hope so. Um, Can you imagine? <gasps> oh, Christ! Uh, George Hobb uh, um, says Husref Musumic. Um, Husref, yeah. Did we sign the right one? It that, is. Was a, that was the talk <laughs> at the time. Indeed. Well, he says. Goal against Hibs, um, all stories about signing the wrong one. Um, Big Moose was on the loose and uh, Twee <laughs> also says, sorry, those four E's, um, says one of my early favourites was Husref Muzumic. I think he wasn't here long but scored against the Hobos. I'm just realising when I look at the Twitter names, I just read exactly what it says, whether it's Jam Tartian or it's Twee. Um, it's like... Yeah. Anchorman, when he, Ron just reads whatever the teleprompter said, regardless of how ridiculous it is. <coughs> Musimich, oh, um, yes, Husref, twenty-eight years of age <coughs> when he arrived in July '89 from Red Star Belgrade. He would make here's see here we go. This isn't a bad ratio. Nine appearances, four goals, um, one of them against Hibs in a one-nil win in August '89 before being sold. In January to FK Sarajevo, almost one in two goal ratio. What was he like before my time? I just know about the Hibs goal. That's it. <laughs> he was a handful. He, he was a handful, and he came on the back of of some decent goal scoring form at Red Star Belgrade. And when we signed him, it was like wow, because Red Star Belgrade back then were a really good side. I mean, it was it was around the time of the kind of Prozanetsky years. Um, that was kind of 80, was it 86? Anyway, whenever that was. Um, I think Prozanetsky was a little bit later. But they were a good side. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember. Funnily enough, Prozanetsky. I, I remember um, we drew them in 95, 96, I think, in the Cup Winners' Cup, or 96, 97 in the Cup Winners' Cup. And I remember watching the, or getting news of the draw, and it was Hearts versus Kvenezhvezda. I was like, oh, I wonder who they are. I wonder where they're from. And that, that is the, 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 the translation of, yes. of Red Star Belgrade in in um, in Serbian. I always um, I know that from a betting perspective because all the betting companies have them, yeah. have them listed as that. Footballski Club Krenežvežda, which translates as once it was translated into Red Star, you're like shit. And I remember Gary Mackay. In fact, I'm going to try and find out the player as I'm speaking here. Gary Mackay told me that. Two of his hardest opponents were in European games. One was, uh, I think it was Susic for PSG in 84-85. And the other was a guy, 
did Gary play in that game? I heard Gary gone by then. Let's have a look against Red Star. Because that was around the time that we had Pasquale Bruno, wasn't it? Um, uh, yes, it, it was. Yeah. It was. Just, yeah. So they had a player called Onjenovic. There it is. Paritza Onjenovic. He was a 19-year-old who was thought as, as as the kind of next big thing. And Dejan Stankovic was 17, and he played um, at Tynecastle as well. But Onjenovic was the one, I believe, um, that Pasquale was, was told, right, you look after him, sort him out. Um, but Gary had also said that he was he was one of his toughest opponents. But the kid Susic, I believe it was, from Paris Saint-Germain in 84-85 uh, in was, was a tough one as well. Um, but going back, rewind. The question was asked about Muzmic. Why didn't you answer the question, Donaldson? Why did you deviate off in a tangent? Yeah, because we're about 35, 40 minutes in and I haven't done one this uh, this week. Muzmic didn't really have enough opportunity. Um, I don't know if he got hurt or, or whatever. He was he was fine. He, the, the, the one thing you want to do is get off to a good start. Mark de Vries did against Hibs and Muzmic did as well. The difference between the two is that Mark de Vries kicked on and became a firm fan's favourite and Muzmic is being spoken about on a podcast like this. An interesting potential trivia question, um, if someone can think of. How many former Hearts players were capped by more than one nation? Albeit with Musimic, it was due to the kind of breakup of of the kind of Yugoslavia. But um, he was capped in 1983 by Yugoslavia, and then 12 years later capped by. Bosnia and Herzegovina and I know there's a lot of players that have crossed over with those and you also get a few with Czech Republic and Slovakia so there might be some other ones I was just when I spotted it on his Wikipedia just now I was thinking I wonder how many others might have fallen into that category and played for hearts hmm. yeah. good question who else, sure... we got? who else we got um, oh, I thought you were going to go and Think of the top of your head exactly who fell into that category. No, I, I, I rambled too much on a tangent. I'm, be, I'm being harsher now okay. with my tangents. Good. They're only allowed to go so far. Excellent. And I have to have to rein them back in. So I, I've got a few which I'm going to give you afterwards because I don't okay. want to spoil any entries that may have got these players in it. No problem. I've chosen one from each decade, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010. So what have we got next? Okay, so we've got uh, Andy Dixon says, Kevin Kyle, um, yep. that New Year's Day... Derby goal, the pop uh, Tynecastle made when it went in, and him going mental. It's an interesting Kevin Kyle because I like Kevin Kyle, um, mm-hmm. and in my head he played more than what he did. Uh, signed by JJ in 2010, would spend almost two years at the club, but obviously because of injury he was um, restricted in his games. But only 22 appearances actually, um, scoring 10 goals, another decent ratio. Albeit he scored a few of those from the spot, but you still got to score them. Um, hip injury really just destroyed his career, especially with us. And um, after that, he never really managed to take it back into full flow. Even if he did earn that move to Rangers, which I think surprised even him from listening to him afterwards. But mm. how effective um, was he when he was available? Kind of in that central target man role with the likes of David Templeton, uh, Stephen Elliott working off him. Um, just. A terrifically effective player, just exactly what Jeffries liked in his system to play it quickly, get someone to hold it up and get play moving up the other side of the park. And that moment on New Year's Day, I'll play it just now because it's always good to relive it. Dribbler. Well, here, Novi Kovac. And Kevin Kyle! 
that was of course scoring in the derby against Hibs, a winning goal. And um, that was actually his last league game for Hearts. Um, after which, was it really? Yeah. Wow. Again, I was surprised by that. It wasn't until I until I looked at London Hearts. Um, after that, Hearts were three points off the top of the table after winning that game. Wow. And um, that was a huge. That you know, Kevin Kyle um, being out that season was um, for the you know for most of the rest of that season was a huge part of why I think things just kind of went off the rails a bit because he was the focal point to how we played. He, he allowed us to get the ball up quickly. Um, he played uh, against St Johnston in the Scottish Cup 10 days later um, and he went off and that was the game I think he got injured in. Whether it was the main injury, I assume it was because that was it for him. Um, but yeah, a, a very likeable character, a boyhood hearts fan and um, you know, <laughs> you're not the most graceful um, not the most technically gifted, but a very effective old-fashioned target man. It's funny when we talk about Kevin Kyle and we think, God, that was a while ago. That was the last time I saw Hearts regularly. Um, when yeah, I left in yeah. Yeah, September 2010, I was actually, when I was looking for players for each decade, I was players that I had seen like in the flesh play regularly. And I kind of went against that because there, there weren't really enough. Kevin Kyle would have been one of them. Um, he didn't have a bad relationship as well. Suso kind of provided him with a few goals as well. I think if you've got a player like that, you've got to play to his strengths. And I think we did. And I think he was an underrated player for, for Hearts. He wasn't the most spectacular guy in the world, but he worked for us in the style that we played that year. Yeah, he held the ball up really well. I mean, he didn't, oh, you know, as I mentioned, if you take the penalties out, he didn't score an awful lot from open play. That header was a cracker against Hibs, but Players being able to play around him, um, you know, whether it was Elliot, we had Rudy, uh, Rudy was, as well, and, and Rudy as well, then. getting layoffs is, is, is that's exactly mm-hmm. right. Uh, he was very effective at bringing other people into the game, and he'd often draw two defenders to him. So, you know, he'd chest the ball down, get Hearts up the pitch, and then lay it off, and space would open up because he was such a presence. So, I think that's when you can see a, a really effective player, and it's why Jim Jeffries brought in. John Sutton, I think, the following season. He wanted uh, to try and find someone who could do it uh, after Kyle had obviously had to leave. I think he had to leave in the March. He just wasn't going to get back to to full fitness. So, um, no, that's a good shout. And to be honest, it's one of those that I liked Kevin Kyle, but it just 20, 20 games. I just, in my head, I know I know he was blighted by injury, but I just felt he played all, more than that. Played? Wow. Yeah, 22 games. Um, that's a good shout. Thank you for that, Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, here's, here's one I definitely... Didn't think I would see. Um, HMFC Media at Home says, David Vanacek. Q Raging Hearts fans, he says. Big striker, yeah? Yeah. Um, he says, David signed for us in a pre-contract, and I was one of the first uh, major Hearts pages to announce we had got him, but also first to get a message back from him. He was so polite to us, and we asked him questions about him joining. Uh, David even took our recommendation of tourist locations in and around Edinburgh, to which he thanked us for. Uh, if only he'd committed to life at Hearts, dare I say he would have been a fan favourite. Um, so Vanacek is the ridiculously ridiculously long hype before he joined because he um, arrived, it was only last January actually, technically, that he arrived. God, he signed, it seems like it was forever ago. I know, he signed a pre-contract six months earlier. Um, but remember, the, the, the season had stopped in the Czech Republic where he'd been playing. So he... When he arrived at Hearts, 
he was a little out he of shape. He was huge. Um, he would end up only playing who, who, five who's times. Our, whose arse was bigger then? His or or um, Zayfouk. Well, I could certainly tell you who was more mobile, and it wasn't Vanacek. Um, after, and then Levine. Could Craig Levine not hammer him? Yeah, well, I was going to say, he branded him rubbish in his second <laughs> appearance. Um, I've actually, I pulled the quote. So he said, I thought he was rubbish. And I felt he just looked as if he wasn't at the races. He wasn't playing well. He'll need to do a hell of a lot of work to get himself to the fitness level he needs. Um, right. Well, hold on. <laughs> let, let's re- let's rewind. This t- this triggers something in my mind that takes me back to the time. And I remember thinking at the time, hold on here. You see this guy in training. Yeah. <laughs> You're able to witness what he does. Mm-hmm. You can see he's got an arse the size of Zafalk or, or whoever. Mm-hmm. So why? Because was he, I'm sure he was <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure he was questioned along the lines of, well, every week, how far is Vanacek away from, from full fitness? Oh, he's coming along. He's coming along. Once he gets there, you'll know he'll be in the squad. So if that's him once he gets it, why put him in? Did he put him in to make a point, knowing that he wasn't fit so he could come out and say that afterwards, in a bid to to trigger? Now, Craig, Craig Levine has um, not history, but he's not frightened. I remember being at Aberdeen after a game, and, and he basically accused the players of being thieves because they were stealing stealing a wage after a performance. So... He was never frightened to to do something like that in a bid to get a trigger. And ask Paul Hartley. We've mentioned that before, and it worked with Paul. But it's clearly not going to work with others. So maybe it was deliberate. He knew he wasn't ready, so he put him in, knowing that he was going to criticise him because he wasn't ready, to try and get a a, a foot up the backside. Well, what was weird was obviously he'd been with Hearts for, I think, two or three weeks by that point, after arriving the start of January. 20th of January... He made his debut against Livingston in the Scottish Cup. He played 90 minutes. Three days later. 2019 or 2020? 2019. Yeah, 2019. And three days later, he played in the game against Dundee. He started, Levine took him off in the first half, and that's when he slaughtered him afterwards. So Levine at that point had had about three weeks with him, and he'd already given him 90 minutes three days earlier. So Hmm. that's where the question marks were, okay... Um, and it didn't work, obviously. He and there's a lot of blame with with the player, but yeah, it didn't seem like he was managed well. And it, but it was the hype, Laurie, wasn't it? Because was he not oh, a voracious user of social yeah. media? And yeah. We thought we were signing the next coming of Pele or Maradona, or whoever it was, some big striker, and we thought, but no, that that just didn't work. But I'm, I'm surprised that I'm surprised, I'm surprised I got a mention in this topic. Oh I, yes, I did the, not expect that. The, um, the, the duds. But last season, so last season, no, it looked 14 goals in 36 games for in the Hungarian top flight. Um, although I think a couple of were cup goals, but 14 and 36 in all competitions for uh, Pushkas Academy in in the top flight in Hungary. So it's not a bad return. So just didn't happen for him. Um, go on, you. I've got I've got some more here, but you you throw in you, you give us give us one of yours. I'll take you back to the 90s. Morris Johnston. Did you still have hair? You're a cheeky bastard. <laughs> it was probably about four stone ago as well. Um, maybe five or six. Um, I just... What he'd done it with, with Celtic initially and Rangers and in France and with Scotland as well, 
we still got a decent bit of Morris Johnson. We didn't play that that often. So again, he didn't play too much, but someone that he he bought into, he just didn't come for a. I'm sure he had fun in Edinburgh, but <laughs> he also had fun on the pitch, and he he would be my 1990s guy. Um, following on from the 80s, Ian Ferguson, who still remember to this day for that goal against Bayern. Of course, yeah. And then did he not end up selling wares in a market and get in trouble for selling? To- there was oh, and he, keep talking. You talking? I'll find a story. There was a story about you, this. You find Ian, Ian Ferguson one. I'll quickly throw. Okay. <clears throat> let's see what else we got. King Ante, eighteen seventy four, gave us a few. T- uh, Tommy Grunland, Ricardo Fuller. Tommy Grunland was a an interesting one. Twenty five appearances, two goals, signed also by Craig Levine, but Craig Levine first era back in two thousand and one, less than a year. Um, Finnish internationally, again not a, a polished player, but I actually I I was quite fond of of Grunland. I, I thought he was yeah he was he was good for the Scottish game in terms of, he was aggressive um, he liked he was hard in the tackle. Um, I thought he was a decent a decent player actually. Finnish international as well, so a decent pedigree. Yeah, and, and kind of not spectacular, but but pretty solid. Um, yeah, combative. In- Ian Ferguson was charged in 2012 with handling stolen football gear. <laughs> Ex-Rangers done United Hearts player Sports was arrested. Sucks. Two for a pound, three for a fiver. He was arrested <laughs> after a police swoop on a stall he runs at the Forge Indoor Market in Glasgow. I knew I'd read that somewhere. Once shoppers looked on, one said, four officers arrived and pulled the shutters down on his stall. They were in there for about half an hour before they frog-marched him out. They had six brown bags, big brown bags, full of stuff. The stand was shut and did not reopen. There you go. There there you go, indeed. There you go. The other one that King Ante mentioned is one that a few people... Uh, mentioned as well, which is of course Ricardo Fuller, which I think will be on yep, most people's lists. Uh, 29 appearances, mm-hmm. 9 goals for the Jamaican. He was on loan from uh, Tivoli Gardens in his homeland at the time. Hearts had a, an agreement to buy, but um, couldn't stump up the cash and he ended up uh, moving to Preston for half a million. Went on to do very well down south with Preston, with the likes of Portsmouth and especially Stoke City. And yep. I don't know if you saw that just a few weeks ago, he signed a new deal. He's still going. Um, he signed for Hanley Town last month. Um, I looked up, I, I clicked on Wikipedia to open the division that Hanley Town played in. And this is the Northwest Counties Football League, which is a football league in the northwest of England. And as of last season, it covers Isle of Man, Cheshire, Great Manchester, um, Lancashire, Merseyside, Cumbria, North Staffordshire, Northern Shropshire, and the far west of West Yorkshire, and the high peak area of Derbyshire. It's the ninth level what? of the English pyramid. But that's well, that's that, that football league covers a lot. Um, yes. I, I mean, I, I'm guessing it's split, um, but just it just I just enjoyed seeing all these different areas, which. Are played in the Northwest Counties Football League. Um, so there what you go. Player. What a player was it? Motherwell, that goal he scored. Yes, when he just Against took it for Motherwell. a run oh, for about eighty geez. yards. Cracking goal. He was. Uh, he, he, here's here's one for you. Fuller finished 
01-02 as Hearts joint top scorer. He was on loan. He got eight goals and 27 appearances. Who was he joint top scorer with? Kevin McKenna. That's embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, well, we did play him up front, though, quite a bit that season. Yeah, I played him as an auxiliary striker at times. Yeah, because, yeah, that takes me back because we used to get the team news early and then the the, the kind of journalist's role where we all used to sit, once we got the team news, there was a little, um, whether it was Ladbrokes or Hills or whatever, they would do the the betting for the the suites, the Gorgie's, not the Gorgie suite, but the John Robertson Lounge and the director suites, and they would go round. And I, I think it was a woman called Jeanette. Not that that means anything to anybody, but I thought I'd give her a mention if that was her name. If it wasn't, then whoever she Jeanette is. But she always used to kind of give you a, a, like an extra five or an extra ten on top of those. Like if it was a silly one, like thirty three one, she'd round it up to forty. And I remember, I don't know if we were ever successful with this because the only one I remember we were, we were successful with was Flugel who everyone was on in the press box. And for, for a press box to, to be neutral normally, it, it just erupted that day. I can't remember who, who that was against, but that was Flugel. I'm not sure if we ever if we ever managed to pick up winnings on McKenna. We must have done, because he must have... But it's, you only get it at the start. You'd, it's like Rudy Scatchell at the start of 05-06. You're going to get decent odds, but by game three, if he keeps scoring or scoring first, it's a 4-1 shot. And the same happened with McKenna. He started off as like 33-1, and it quickly came down. But we were getting like 33 was boosted to 40 or, or whatever. Um, and he played He played at times at right mid. I remember that because um, they thought that they could do a diagonal from left back to right mid, because the okay. fullback, especially if the fullback was smaller. Was that Jeffrey's era? Now, who was that? No, sorry, Craig Levine era. Craig Levine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Craig Levine era. I'm sure we did like kind of diagonals, left back to McKenna. Wide target man, yeah. Yeah, but he played like as a striker, but withdrawn to the right-hand side, so he'd be up against the left back. Yeah, I, liked I remember. Yeah. I no, I, I liked him. He was, he was an effective player. And, and we, he actually continued to use him as an auxiliary striker when De Vries wasn't available, When even after De Vries had joined, because we didn't have another target man. He, he liked to play... You know, De Vries and Kirk, or De Vries and Wales, or even De Vries and Weir, if if there wasn't the others available, and if De Vries uh-huh. was out, he needed another target man. So I think he often put McKenna up. Um, so another good shout there uh, with Fuller, and then we got to obviously Kevin McKenna as well. Um, I've not, I'm not going to go into depth on everyone else, but you know Lee Miller, who we mentioned last week, he had that great um, half season. Lee Miller's a good one, yep. Yeah, on loan from Bristol. Mark Birchall got mentioned, and he's another that I really thought yeah. could be a good signing. He didn't quite hit the heights, but a, a poacher that we always kind of miss. Um, who else got mentioned? Juanjo. I thought Juanjo did a bit more than just be a short one, um, but scored that brilliant goal against Hibs. Uh, cracking player. One, one that I've got in the back of a shirt still in my cupboard somewhere. A man whose name was never pronounced correctly, but because it was pronounced so frequently as... Juanjo, that's how it stuck. Indeed, and um, someone I used to work with who was um, family was from um, Barcelona actually said even the correct, um, the supposedly correct Spanish way wouldn't actually be how they'd say it over there. Um, it was, I'm not even going to go into it, but yeah, it stuck. It's like Scatchel, isn't it? It's stuck. It's, it's not, like, yeah. not Scatchel, but... No, um, once it's said and that's how it's, it's done, then fine. I've got one from the 2010. So I had yeah. Ian Ferguson, I had Mo Johnston, I had Ricardo Fuller. 
yeah. um, from my 2000s because just loved loved watching them, commentating on them. Um, so I'm going to go with Bjorn Johnson yeah. for my last yeah, decade. It's a good one. Just a, a, it was one of those. Remember, I mean, I was over here when he signed. Um, so I was asking the guys at work because a lot of them like MLS, and I know he hadn't played in MLS, but he played for. Um, I think he played. Did he play for the US as a youngster? Then became Norwegian. Anyway, because um, he was born in New York City. Yeah. Um, he sounded American. And yeah, but there was there was something there. And six yeah. five, lean, mobile. You kind of thought, yeah. But I've, I'm I'm looking at his career since Hart. Then well, Hart, he's when he yeah, did all right. Went on to do very he went well. To AZ. Yeah, but. As they put him out on loan to Rosenberg, when he did all right, they didn't sign him, and he's now with Ulsan Hyundai, who I believe are in South Korea. Yes. Um, so maybe it wasn't us. Maybe it wasn't us because he's played for a lot of clubs. And what age is he's? Only, I mean, he's twenty-eight. So I, I liked don't know. him. I mean, I thought I thought with the right um, the right system, he would have been. He was effective in a few games. Um, I don't think he uh, got on very well with Ian Catherine. I think that, like like a lot of players that era, just um, just didn't work. But no, a lot of potential. Um, wasn't your? He's still, he was still in the Norwegian squad. His last Norwegian call up was last last October against Romania. Um, I mean, look, he's not going to get in ahead of Holland. Of no, Surlot, no. of Josh King, um, but to to still be kind of in contention for a fringe place, I I still think there's something there, and I would have loved to have seen him play. I, who were you talking earlier in this podcast about that only played twenty odd games for Hearts, and you thought he played a lot more? Kim Kyle. So, Bjorn Johnson played mid thirties number of games for for Hearts and. If you'd asked anybody who played more games for Arts, Kevin Kyle or Bjorn Johnson, I bet you most people would have said Kevin Kyle. But no, most people would be wrong. Indeed. And finally, one that I think you had mentioned briefly just a little bit before I was uh, paying proper attention to Hearts. Uh, Richard Cobb said Andy Thorne. I yeah. guess he'll always yeah. be remembered for his initial impact because of the strange mm-hmm. circumstances. Yeah, came north after... The four were sent off at Ibrox, played against Celtic. Naismith, um, I think he put, made his debut in that game. And, yeah, it was, just a, it was a short-term fix. And Did he did he play more than once? I'm not sure if he did. Um, I, I think, think it he was, did. It was literally, an, an, yeah, but if he did, it was just a handful. and It was basically an emergency um, signing because Hearts had nobody left. Yeah, after um, all those reds. So he played tw- twice. Played the next... <laughs> so he did, he did play more than once, yes. Yes, so I was right. Played more than once. Yeah, you were. Played double yes. the amount of times that you were going to give him credit for there. Double. Um, sold to Tranmere Rovers. Sold, yeah. I don't think we got four million for him. No, probably not. That was good fun. I, I enjoyed a little bit of reminiscing uh, about some of those players. And they don't always, you know, some of them have come up in other in other context, but um, a few of them not so much. And, yeah, it's sometimes surprising to think back, like you said, and look at the, the fact that the likes of Kevin Kyle didn't play that much for Hearts. And 
Um, and even just thinking some of the recent players, you know, Jimmy Dunn already, people reminiscing about someone who was with us. Um, yeah. Just who actually only left the club last January, technically. Um, thank you for uh, tuning in this week. And uh, thank you for the uh, feedback for all those who got in touch. Um, before we go, I just thought I'd also mention again, you can pre-order Anthony Brown's book. And every time I say that, I'm opening it up and I read out his full name and it seems weird. Tony, who was, of course, on the show recently when we outed him as a jambo for the first time publicly, he, th- he thought. Um, his book's out. Uh, it's not too long now, actually. Less than two months away, reminiscing with legends. You can get that on Big Cartel, so we thought we'd give it another plug. Um, that's legends98.bigcartel.com. Um, give that a pre-order. Looking forward to reading it. And um, next week, Mark, will we actually have you in a more normal setting back in Connecticut? Mm, outside the bubble, indeed. And I'll be preparing for Serie A's return. Ah, indeed, football, football coming back, great. No, it's still a, still a while away for us, for Hearts, but yeah. Anyway, I'll see you next time and enjoy the the planes and skip. Bye bye. Say it, play it how you want it, but no way I'm never